Well, hello friends, it is Tim Bod here for Tech Drops. Welcome to Season 2. In this first episode, I get together with Brian, we talk about trends in technology, and advice for parents with a kid in tech. Let's get down to it, shall we? And I'm here with Brian, who is my new co-host on the show. Now, before we get started, Brian, I'm going to give you a nice intro, but I really want to give a shout out to Devin, the uh, former host of the show. Uh, Devin is off doing her own thing now on TMG Unfiltered. So anyone who is expecting to hear from Devin and her adventures in coding, you definitely want to head over to TMG Unfiltered. Uh, it is a show that is the behind the scenes for their YouTube channel, which is kind of blowing up right now, which is called Two Market Girls. And the show is fantastic. If you are into vegan recipes, if you are just into delicious foods, then that's going to be the place for you. And right now they're doing vlogging. Uh, they're doing a, kind of a vlogging for the holidays type of thing. And you sort of get to follow their adventures as they're getting ready for the holidays as vegans uh, with extra challenges uh, and extra fun <laughs> that that entails. So uh, it's very worthwhile. And uh, so anyone who is a fan of Devin and Cat, you should definitely head on over there and check that out. Now, in the meantime, I want to introduce you to Brian. And Brian is a fine fellow that I met this summer. Uh, we have had many adventures working together. Uh, if you don't know it, on the side, uh, I do a little bit of work with kids in technology. And this is kind of how I come in, come in contact with Brian. So Brian, uh, what is your interest in technology and working with kids? Uh, yeah, I find that it's like a great opportunity. Um, kids learn things really fast. And I find that- uh, Good or bad. Good or bad, um, <laughs> they seem to have all the answers or create all the answers. Um, but it's been fascinating to watch how savvy they are with uh, new technology. And uh, the ones that we got to use this summer, um, yeah, really helped them unleash their creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the probably the main um, interest that we've been working with uh, would be the Minecraft stuff, I would say. Uh, would you would you agree, Brian? Absolutely. Like the Minecraft is uh, it's something that that's kind of their language. It's like a language, you know, f that um, you know th the things that they taught us alone were like you know really eye opening. And um, with our understanding of how you can get Minecraft to control things in the tangible world, it gave us a really good platform to to educate and just empower them. It's really true. Uh, when I'm teaching stuff at the college level or university or comp sci level. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to deal with things like server administration and so forth. And those things are actually there with Minecraft. Like, you have you know, you have similar challenges where you're, like, you're dealing with Java and you have to resolve dependencies and all those kind of things. Um, you know, but then on, at the same time, you've got a wyvern ride going yeah. on. A wyvern races. A bunch of dragons just racing. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like, uh, you know, some kind of crazy real estate thing that a kid has set up. Uh, we saw that during the summer when, um, you know, basically one kid was making houses and then charging other kids diamonds to live in the houses. And, uh, you know, if you don't live in the houses, you're, you're going to have a hard time because there's dangerous creatures outside. You have to fend for yourself in the outside world, but yeah. uh, it was just neat to see a reflection of the, the larger world self-contained in the smaller kid world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that, um, you know, if you're a parent listening to the podcast um, and, and you're wondering about Minecraft and wondering, like, is this a good thing for your kids to be involved in? Well, basically, it's, it's a huge creative outlet. 
And when kids get together to play it, it's also really, really a way of developing social skills, I would say. Yeah. You know, because it's not a tightly regulated type of world that you're in. There's a couple of modes. You have your survival mode and you have your creative mode. And what we usually see is, um, you know, one group will form that wants to do creative. One group will form that wants to do survival. And each of these different styles of play have kind of different social mechanisms That's behind right. them. In the creative, you know, you're kind of free. You can, you can do whatever. You, you can, you know, spawn all the things that you need and just run around making things with endless resources. Uh, in the survival mode, you're looking at more like a situation where you have to forage. Yes, the stakes know. are higher. It is, it is. And, you know, kids who want to play in that mode are definitely not going to really welcome in somebody who's wanting to play in creative mode because they're really kind of two different kind of goals yes. there. Um, so it's really interesting to see you know kids move back and forth between those play styles and have to adapt and learn to communicate and learn to really learn to get along. Yeah, because like, the, like the more experienced kids really have to be patient because we're trying to create an environment of inclusivity. But you know they have to uh, you know adapt to allow these kids to kind of you know, enter their, their realm of play. Um, and you know, vice versa, the other kids got to kind of learn to keep up, got to keep up. If you want to play with the big crowd, you got to like keep up to their level. And, yeah. uh, yeah. and like that takes like maturity and growth. And we, we've seen that happen over the, the course of classes. Like they, yeah. they do adapt and it's like inspiring to watch. It really is. And they make friends over the duration. Uh, so during the summer, of course we had the week long camps <clears throat> and that's those, right. you know, so that's an intense experience because it's like, all day for the entire week and you know by the second day or by the third day you've got a pretty vibrant world shaping up and the rules around that world are starting to form and so forth and people really have to work together um in the once a week stuff that we do it's not so much like that it's sort of like drop in have some fun jump back out again mm -hmm. in that case mostly what i find people want to do is try out mods they want to mess around with with using you know, mods that they've heard about on YouTube or that they've seen famous YouTubers using and they're like, oh, that's cool. And they want to use it, but to use it, they have to figure out like, how do I install this thing? Like, where do I download it from? What does a safe download look like? Because yeah. there's lots of fake sites and fake portals that just want to serve you malware and things like that. Yes. How to navigate that minefield. Yep. And then also understand like, oh, there's different versions yep. of, uh, of Minecraft. And, and file you, structures like that. It's like, that's for the parents too. It's like, why isn't my kid's thing working? Well, it's yeah. like, well look at the files. Oh they, yeah. You know, you need a specific file name so that Minecraft can find the things it needs. And yeah. Yeah. Or why can't my kid join this other kid? Well, they're on different versions, or yeah. they don't all have the same mods. Or it's a like tablet. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> or it's a tablet, yeah. So, so that is kind of one of the big questions that I uh, wanted to cover, because we get it a lot. Um, the main thing to understand is that there are kind of two different versions of Minecraft. They look the same, and they work the same. Um, and, you know, so parents will wonder, like, well, if I'm looking at, you know, getting some device for my kid to be able to play Minecraft and, and keep learning with what they're doing, um, you know, what should I be looking at? And so, so basically the first thing to know is that there's kind of two versions of Minecraft. There's the Minecraft original, which is the Java version. Mm -hmm. And then there's a newer version, which is called Minecraft PE or Pocket Edition. And that's the one that sort of emerged after Microsoft 
purchased all of Minecraft. So if you are looking to just play Minecraft and you're mostly interested in those social aspects of the thing, then yeah, a tablet or even a phone could be a good choice. Yeah, the PE, right? Yeah. Yeah, it'll run well. Um, you know, it's optimized, it'll run very well on that device. Um, but kind of what you're giving up on in that case is some of the educational aspects mm -hmm. of Minecraft. Because you're not really going to be able to tap into the large developer community of modders for Minecraft. The vast majority of mods are based on the Java version. And particularly, um, if you don't want to have to keep paying for mods all the time, right. then the Java version is the way to go. Now, in that case, in order to use those mods, you're going to have to learn some of the basic skills of navigating around in a file system. Mm -hmm. um, we even show the kids how to use command line a little bit so that they can locate the uh, area where they need to install the mod on their system yep. and so forth. So these things can look a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but these are the basics computer literacy skills yep. that are necessary. And it takes away that veil just a little bit to be like there are ways to access the inner workings of a computer and like through Minecraft like it opens that up to them because it's something that they can relate to and that's interesting to them. Yes, yeah. exactly. They're willing to stick it out yeah. because it's towards a goal of something that they want to do. The payoff is, yeah, you get the Millennium Falcon in the game. Yeah, and there are, <laughs> there are certain mods um, and features that are really only available inside the Java version. Mm -hmm. um, things like Redstone, things like Serial Craft that allow you to actually um, create a connection between hardware interfaces in your Minecraft world. Yeah. Um, so during the summer, we had an example where, um, you know, we basically made a trigger for a redstone TNT trap that you could set off by hitting a button in the real world. And in the Minecraft world, it would ignite the TNT. That's right. Um, we made a creeper detector. So basically, if creepers are coming up behind you, uh, it would light up in the real world to give you an indication that they're coming up behind you. Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Uh, these are really only going to be available, you know, if you're using the Java version of the thing. That's right. So then the question becomes, like, what kind of hardware uh, should you be looking at? Um, so if you're looking to get into the educational aspects of Minecraft, then you're probably looking at a laptop of yeah. some kind. You know, you can do it on a desktop. But with kids, you probably want them to be able to pick up that thing and take it with them. Yep. Um, and so people have questions about like, well, you know, what kind of a laptop is sufficient to, to run this properly? Well, here, um, we've had a lot of success with, uh, believe it or not, like some of the older um, IBM ThinkPad series like the older T440 mm -hmm. um, if you're if you're not familiar with the line it's kind of like a business class line these were like tools of salespeople and that kind of thing but as a result they're rugged yes very yeah like they're meant to be taken on planes and so forth and taken around the world and you know they're, they're just better constructed like we had a whole bunch of other computers like Asus and Acer and so forth and they've all died because kids are tough on computers yes like I think you could probably testify to that fact, Brian. They channel their anger into the physical computer. Yeah, they'll drop things on the keyboard. They'll slam it shut. Yeah, they get excited. They jump up and knock them off. They, they'll run into the power cord and, you know, violently disconnect it that way. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that that's... You, 
there's no there's no avoiding that no um but those these business class computers they stand up they're just made more tough they're meant to be dropped and manhandled and so forth and yeah they can they and can take it and they what do they run they're about like 800 bucks or like 900 bucks for those yeah when they're new yeah um now these days you could get a refurbished version and uh what a lot of people don't realize is like refurbished computers have warranties they come with a warranty mm-hmm. um so if you were to look around online and look for a refurbished say t440 like we have been using here and Works perfectly well, um, you know, with dozens of kids that we've had come through. Uh, maybe 360 to $400, somewhere around there. Um, the main thing that you're going to be looking at, particularly from Minecraft, is RAM. Yeah. Uh, Minecraft scales really well to different systems. It'll run on almost anything, but your RAM is going to kind of determine how good the experience is. That's right. And, you know, kids know enough to know what lag is. Oh, that's, yeah, <laughs> top. Like, why is my thing so laggy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll hear it a dozen times if it's happening. Um, there's a couple of things that can cause lag that you can keep an eye out for. Um, if your kid is playing and the thing suddenly slows down, it's a really good chance there's Windows updates happening in the background. Right, we've been finding that for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's annoying. If you're running on Windows Home... You can't schedule or control when updates happen. So they happen in the background, but they take system resources and they can slow down the game. Mm -hmm. So there may be that, in which case a reboot is really going to be the only thing that you can do. Um, But in terms of the hardware, probably the biggest thing that's going to affect is how much RAM you have. So, and the type of RAM. So um, uh, for instance, on a PC, you're going to want to have at least two gigs of RAM. That's going to be kind of the minimum. Um, DDR2 is like an older RAM that you might find if you're looking at a refurbished computer. If you can get DDR3, that's going to be better. And a minimum of two gigs. Mm-hmm. And ideally, you'd probably want to go up to about you know, four to eight gigs of RAM. Uh, and that'll work pretty well. Mm-hmm. For, all, for all the needs like that will develop you know, as their relationship with Minecraft grows... Like, the more mods you have and the more things these mods can do, the, the more that RAM is going to pay off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're probably going to want them to be able to run other software as well, mm-hmm. not just Minecraft. Like, if you're purchasing it for educational purposes. So in that case, um, you could be looking at something like an older gaming computer. Um, they usually come with pretty good specs. Yeah. And, um, you know, if they're wanting to play a variety of games as well, then that's a decent choice. Um, the problem that you run into with that is size. <laughs> yeah. So, like, gaming computers tend to be big, you know. Uh, they may weigh seven pounds or more. And for your little one to try and carry that around, like, it's probably going to be bigger than the backpack that they're carrying. It may be bigger than their torso. That's right. (laughs) And that's a challenge. And who ends up carrying it in the end? The parent. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So then you're lugging around one more, you know, giant brick. Yeah. Um, Now, not to say that there's any problem with that. Like, if that's what you have access to, then great. And if you're wondering, um, you know, if, you, if you're enrolled in one of our programs and you want to bring in a computer, I'm happy to take a look at it and see. Could be that you could upgrade an older computer that you already have, mm-hmm. which would be awesome yep. and save a lot of money that way. Um, but there is one more option that I've been looking into that I think 
it, it's still in pre-order. I'm mm -hmm. looking to get my hands on this option, but I really want to run some tests on it. And I've seen some people testing it. It looks really promising. It's pretty exciting. So this thing, Brian, is called a uh, Latte Panda. And I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. So when I'm teaching the adults, one of the things that they typically will want to learn is something called like a single board computer. Mm -hmm. And probably the famous example is the Raspberry Pi. So if you're not familiar with that, this is like a small little computer that was created in the UK for education purposes. And it's about the size of a credit card, but it's actually a fully featured computer, which, you know, is probably not that surprising. We carry fully featured computer inside your phone. But with this, the, the operating system is Linux, right? So that's good if you are really looking to get into hardware hacking, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but even adults find it a bit of a, a jump to have to learn Linux, like basic operating system stuff with Linux, before they can start advancing with that computer. So I've been really looking for something that would be like that, like small, light, inexpensive, very capable, but without that initial challenge of learning Linux. Yeah. And uh, so the Latte Panda is actually a Windows 10 computer. It comes with an installation of Windows 10, like a full Windows 10. In fact, um, some of the pricier options uh, have Windows Pro on it, which is amazing, because then you could schedule when the updates happen on the thing. You could say like, oh, you know, install the updates when my kid's not playing Minecraft <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that they don't start, you know, freaking out with the lag that's happening. And then the other thing that's cool about it is that it comes combined with a full Arduino board. Um, now, an Arduino board is basically the most popular board you use if you're getting into electronics and like hardware programming, embedded systems, robotics, motor control, LED lighting, all that kind of stuff, like even home automation is all done with this Arduino board. So now you're getting that, which is like having a full electronics lab combined on the same board with full Windows 10 computer uh, with up to eight gigs of RAM and a capable enough GPU on board for running games like Minecraft. So that's exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and you know, so... So what you'd be looking at is like along with this thing, because you get the computer and it's got, you know, all the ports that you need, you, you'd be looking at adding a keyboard to it. You would need a monitor to plug into it. But I actually like that because like chances are you may have a monitor kicking around already, mm -hmm. like an older one. You may have a keyboard that's a beater that you got for like 10 bucks. But, like, honestly, for a kid, that's the keyboard you should want. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, when a kid gets on a laptop and starts banging away on that keyboard, well, if that keyboard gives out, well, the entire thing is no good anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? The computer's no good. The monitor's no good. Because it's all together in one package here. I love the idea of being able to just swap out that keyboard the same way that you would with the desktop, and you're right back in business again. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting a hold of that thing. Uh, as I say, I've, I've seen really promising results of people playing Minecraft with it and doing a lot of other cool things with it. And, um, you know, this would be, if it works out, this would be, could potentially be like an all-in-one type of solution that's pretty inexpensive. So mm -hmm. like the older one, the one that's been out for about a year now, 
It's got two gigs of onboard memory, and you can get it for like 125 bucks. You know, it's very reasonable. Yeah. And the newer one that's coming out, um, hopefully within the next month, is about a little less than $400. And that comes with the eight gigs of memory. But it also comes with the full Windows Pro installation, which is like, like that's a few hundred bucks right there. Yep. So it's, you know, when you look at it, it starts looking like a pretty good, good deal. Um, and then I was also talking with uh, Simon, who does a lot of the um, like fabrication type of work. Uh, he does the training on the laser cutter, for instance, at the Toronto Tool Library. And, um, you know, we were saying like, well, why don't we do a workshop where everybody gets to design and create their own case for this little single board computer? And how cool would that be? So cool. You know, maybe you can uh, make your own game peripherals for the thing, like make your own versions of Wiimotes and learn to wire them up and program them again like <laughs> that would be amazing it like really is like it's a bit of a paradigm shift too like to, to remind kids and like you know these parents that like to to think literally outside of the box that computing isn't restrained to these things we get at best buy or yeah. at the apple yeah. store like that computing power can be cheaper and modular we can swap out parts and like that's the true original spirit of like the you know hacker computer community is you're that's, absolutely right, Brian. That's it, yeah. Like, you get this phone, you get a tablet, you get a, uh, you know, a laptop, and it, it's a shiny black box. You have no idea what's inside of it. Like, mm -hmm. even just to see it, just to look at the parts, you, you can't. You void your warranty. There's a big warning sticker exactly. telling you. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's a problem because, you know, we, these devices are so much a part of our lives. Mm -hmm. And especially for kids who are growing up with this stuff, who aren't like adopting it as they grow up. It's there when they're born yep. and they're seeing it every day to, to not have an idea of what's inside of there. That's, that's problematic. Very much so. I, and I feel like a lot of parents realize that. And so like a solution like this sort of like takes the veil away mm -hmm. where it's like, Oh, look inside. Like you can see the parts. Yeah. Let's talk about what each one of these does. Uh, you know, you just plugged in this cable. Let's see where that, let's trace where that goes to. Yep. Right. And and why do we plug in this cable and not some other cable? Yeah. And, you know, that gets into ideas like, well, what's electricity actually? What's voltage? What's amperage? What's a complete circuit? You know? It's metal touching metal or, or sorry, conductors touching conductors. Yeah. And that's yeah. Yeah, I had, a, had an opportunity to do like some hardware hacking work with kids during the summer too. And it was really cool to do things like say, okay, let's grab this uh, solar panel and head outside and we're gonna learn how to use a multimeter to measure the amount of voltage that's being created as we carry the solar panel around. How much do we get when we're in the shade? How much when we're in the sun? And then, you know, here's a bunch of devices. Well, which ones of these could we power based on what we're seeing from this meter right here? And people start to understand, you know, the, the basic principles of how this technology works and get mm -hmm. curious about it. And then wonder like, oh, could we try this? Could we try this other thing? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Let's let's build something. Let's test that out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of a gateway. It is. Right? <laughs> and and so, you know, I really applaud any, any parent who's looking at this opportunity as a way of sparking their kid's natural curiosity. 
to take things to the next step, you know, to, to say, okay, well, you're curious about this game and you're probably curious about the computer that it runs on. And let's start there and see where that ends up. For me, Brian, um, just a little bit of, and people who have been listeners on the show will know some of this because these are kind of the same stories that I tell my college students. <laughs> but for me, it was video games that got me started in programming. Uh, you know, begging quarters from my mom to play Space Invaders. Right. I would have stood there all day playing it. But I wasn't just playing it. You know, I was yeah. wondering, like, how do they do this? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Yep. And it was just so fascinating. When I got my first computer, it was... Um, the first computer I owned was called the Timex Sinclair 1000. And um, kind of like the Raspberry Pi, it originated in the, in the UK. The BBC has been like very um, adamant about computer literacy and they've launched a lot of initiatives. And one of them was a computer called the ZX Spectrum. And over here, that computer was basically distributed by a combination of Timex, the watch company, and Sinclair, which was the company that had created the, the ZX Spectrum. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I got this thing and I wanted to play video games on it. And I remember my father, I went to my dad and I was like, well, you know, dad, there isn't really a lot of games on this computer. Like, not like the, the awesome Commodore uh, 64 or something like that. And he's like, well, you know, I guess you're just going to have to learn to make some games. And like... That is what I did. <laughs> that is how I got That's started good in programming. Yeah, you know, and and um, long story short, that led to quite a career for me. Uh, eventually, starting my own technology company and so forth, and employing people and working on a lot of cool projects and traveling around a lot. And it was it's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, so when I see that spark in the eye of a kid uh, as they're playing this game. I know it can be taken to that next level. Yeah, your first-hand proof. <laughs> it's, it's exciting. Yeah. You know, and it, it keeps me excited about technology as well. Yeah, same here. So, um, hopefully this has given some good information to uh, any of you out there who have kids uh, who are interested in technology, or perhaps you're interested in technology yourself, and, uh, you know, have heard about this Arduino and Raspberry Pi and so forth. Um, we're going to keep doing the show and we're going to have regular episodes going out and um, hopefully this information will prove useful to everyone out there. Uh, for now, uh, we're going to wind it up there um, for myself, Timbot, and Brian. That's me. Yep. And um, so we will look forward to feedback. If you have any questions, be sure to hit us up and uh, we will look forward to your responses. Take care, everyone. Mm.